Scripture. We're going to be in the book of 2 Timothy this morning. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. I stand redeemed. What a great song. And um, I'm glad, as I know you are, uh, that uh, I've been redeemed. I know Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. And um, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. And that is uh, a comfort to... Uh, you know, we, we see the passage of Scripture um, where it talks about the rapture of the church and um, that, you know, one day this life's going to end and it's going to be over with and we're going to be caught up together to be with the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And we kind of stop there. But you know, the Scripture says, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Comfort one another with the fact that um, the best is yet to come. And uh, I'm glad for that. Uh, life can be difficult sometimes and uh, sometimes unfair. Uh, but um, I'm glad that God has uh, all that worked out and that one day uh, I will be with Him uh, in eternity forever and forever. Uh, our problem isn't that we don't believe in heaven. Our problem is that we don't believe in hell. It's a fact. I, I, I venture to say, with the exception of, with the exception of hardcore atheists, everybody believes in you know believes that there's a heaven, some form thereof, anyways. Um, but the problem is, people believe that everybody's going there. Just be a good person. Just do the best you can. Have good intentions, and. Um, and you're good to go. No matter what your religion is, no matter what, uh, no matter what you believe, just do the best you can. The problem with that is you can't find that in the Bible. And uh, what you can find in the Bible is that uh, one day we're going to die, barring the rapture of the church. Uh, one day we're going to die, and when we die, we are going somewhere forever. Some people believe in annihilation that when you die, you just go back to the dust of the ground. You know. We came from the dust, and so the dust we're going to go back to. But, uh, uh, but understand this, you will spend eternity somewhere forever. Somewhere forever. And um, uh, praise the Lord if you're saved. You know Christ is your Savior. And, and uh, you know, that's what Jesus came for. He died upon the cross, was buried, and rose again the third day so that we can have life and we can have it more abundantly. And because He's at the right hand of the Father, we can uh, uh, ask Him to forgive us of our sins and come into our hearts and to save us. And, and, and we, can, we can know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, as our Redeemer, as our Propitiator. He is our go-between. And praise the Lord, we have a Savior. Okay, so if you're saved, let's make this real clear. If you're saved, it's not because you're a good person. If you're saved, it's not because you're in church this morning. If you're saved, it's not because you're a Baptist. Oh my goodness gracious, do we have things confused in our world today. I've met a many a Baptist that I wonder about. I'm just saying. I know you shouldn't be judging, but... You know, you wonder. It's not because you're a Baptist. It's not because you're trying. It's not because you're a good person. It's not because you're born in the South. It's not because of any of these things. You're saved this morning because you placed, personally, placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ 
for the forgiveness of your sins. I haven't done that, preacher. Then you're not saved. You're not saved. But you don't understand, I'm a member of the church, but you're not saved. You don't understand, I've been baptized, but you're not saved. Baptism can't save you. Church membership can't save you. Confirmation can't save you. What saves you? Jesus and Jesus alone. See, the Bible says, whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right? There's one mediator between God and man. It's not Peter. By the way, it's not the church. It's not the Sunday school. It's not the baptismal waters. What is it? It's Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. He is the mediator. He is the go-between. He is the Savior. And praise the Lord, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. See, it shouldn't be confusing because God has not made it confusing. Man has made it confusing. And so if you're saved this morning, praise the Lord, one day you'll be absent from this body, you'll be present with the Lord, things will be right, things will be great. I mean, we'll be, we'll be with Jesus Christ forever and forever. Amen. Amen. But if you're not saved this morning, that's not mince words. If you're not saved this morning, that means you're lost. There is nobody in between. There is nobody being saved. You're saved, you're lost. It is instantaneous. When I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior, I was saved immediately. I wasn't waiting to be filled with the Spirit. I wasn't waiting for, to be slain in the Spirit. I wasn't waiting to speak in tongues. I wasn't waiting to be baptized. I wasn't waiting to join the church. Listen, when I got saved... I got all of the Holy Spirit. I got baptized by the Spirit of God, the whole thing. Amen. Now I'm saved. Now, have I been baptized? Yes. Have I joined the church? Yes. Do I do good works? Yes. All those are not for my salvation, but they're because of my salvation. You see the difference? But if you're not saved, you're lost. And let me tell you something. Those that are lost and undone, those that die in their sin without the forgiveness, without the blood of Jesus Christ, die and spend eternity in a place called hell. It's a tragic place. We've just made it a cuss word is all we've done in our world today. But it's an actual place. By the way, it wasn't an actual place that God created for you. It was an actual place that God created for the devil and his angels. It's not a place where the devil will go and, and, and rule. It'll be a place where the devil will go and suffer. It'll be a place where the demons go and suffer. And God has provided... Let me tell you something, preacher. I don't know how many times I've heard this. I, listen to me, I don't serve a God that would send anybody to hell. Me neither. That's why He provided the way. That's why He came and died. That's why He shed His blood. That's why He's given us an opportunity to be saved. Why? Because He doesn't want you to be in hell. He wants you to be with Him in heaven. Listen, every person in hell has decided that they're going to be there. That's the reality of it. Boy, I tell you, we don't like to talk about negative things. We don't like to talk about hell. We don't like to talk about sin. We don't like to talk about the devil. And we, If we can make that all make believe, that's great. Let's, let's just bring that out at Halloween. 
And then just, we don't have to think about it forever again. No, no, listen to me. The day that I realized that I was going to split hell wide open made me open my eyes. It made me realize, whoa, wait a minute. This life is short. What did James say? What is your life? To appear for a little, little time and boom, vanisheth away. Listen to me. I remember, do you? I remember when 30 was old. Remember those days? Some of y'all are looking at me. Some of y'all are real young. Still think 30's old. Let me tell you something. I think 30, I look at 30-year-olds and I go, oh, he, he looks like a good kid. Right? And I see some of y'all looking at me thinking, wait until you get my age, then you're really going to think. But isn't it true? Why do we say that? Because time marches on. There's no pause button. There's no rewind button. I mean, it just keeps going. And boy, if you're not paying attention, you'll open up your eyes and think to yourself, what in the world just happened? I say this all the time. Wendy and I joke about it all the time. She'll say, she'll say, she'll say something. She'll say, that was, you know, about, about, about two or three years ago. I said, no, no, no. You forget about COVID. COVID was like a time warp. Literally, like two years just gone. Poof. They just disappeared. So, so now you have to add two years to everything that you think was two years ago. Well, it was four years ago because you've got to think of that's how fast time goes. And we only have a little time here, and then we're gone. Where we're going from here is far longer than the time that we spent here. If you live to be 100, I'm, pr- I'm pretty safe to say if you reached 100 years old, you're old. Now, you say a certain age for some people, and they get offended that that's old, right? But 100, if you've reached 100, you've lived a long time. Even if you take it back before the flood, even if you take it back to Methuselah's days, and even if you take it back to them that lived even 900 years old. Can you imagine? Boy, I am so glad that I wouldn't be living in this world for 900 years. But anyways, imagine 900 years old is just a twinkle compared to eternity, compared to forever. That's hard for us to comprehend because we have clocks and watches. And we we set our time and we know how much time we have in a day and how much time we have at work and how much time we have in a week. But man, when it comes to eternity, it just goes on forever and forever and forever. So what a blessing. Uh, uh, it is to be redeemed, as Brother Forrest uh, just uh, sang about, uh, and the opportunity that we have uh, uh, to one day be able to spend eternity with God in heaven. But let me clue you in on something that I hope you already know. You're not there yet. We've not arrived there yet, right? We're still here. And I believe as Mordecai spoke to Esther about going in and seeing the king, and Esther was, she was just apprehensive about it. And by the way, I would be too if you got your head cut off when you went to the king unannounced. And so even his wife, and so she was apprehensive about it. What did Mordecai say to her? We use it all the time. We use this terminology all the time. Maybe God's got you here for such a time as this. Maybe God is, let me tell you what he's, They'll tell you what Mordecai was telling Esther. Maybe God has orchestrated 
for you to be here for this purpose, for this reason. Maybe God's got you in this world. Maybe God's got you in this state. Maybe God's got you in this county. Maybe God's got you in this church for a purpose and for a reason. Sometimes I believe it. Sometimes I believe we lose sight. We lose sight of why God's got us here. We lose sight of what we're supposed to be doing, how we're supposed to be doing it. And boy, we just, if we're not careful, we'll just let life pass us by and we'll miss and we'll miss and we'll miss. Don't you hate missing things? Don't you hate missing important things? But it happens sometimes, doesn't it? Sometimes maybe you're at work and you can't get off or maybe it's something that you're out of town and you couldn't get back for and you missed it. Man, you just really, really wish you could be. Those happen occasionally, but... God help us not to miss everything. When one day, every single person sitting in here is going to stand before God. You're not going to stand before me. You better praise the Lord for that. And I'm not going to stand before you. I praise the Lord for that every day. Aren't you glad we don't... But listen, this, this idea, this idea just makes me, makes me cringe. This idea that we're going to stand and one day judge, be judged by Peter. I don't, I don't know where we get it. I honestly don't know where we get it. But let me tell you something. You're not going to stand before Peter one day, or David one day, or John one day, or some preachers one day. You're going to stand before God one day. Amen. Let me be more clear. You're going to kneel before God one day. And we're going to give an answer for what we've done in our bodies. Going to give an answer. And I don't know how it's going to happen or what's going to happen. Maybe God's going to show a, a video of our life. Maybe that's where God's going to wipe away all tears from our eyes. I don't know. But He's going to show a video. I mean, I don't know what He's going to do. But all these things are going to be brought back to our memory. All the opportunities that we've had that we've wasted. Now, praise the Lord. All the times that we got, we did it right, said the right thing, went to the right place, did the right thing, was there. God says this, listen, God says this right now in your life, right now in your life, I've got you here for a purpose. Figure out that purpose. Figure out what God wants for you in your life and do it. You see, we're so worried about, well, if I do this, somebody's going to say, if I do that, somebody, I promise you, I guarantee you somebody's going to say. I promise you, people go talk. Why? Because it's people. And pe- listen to me, we have no problem believing that people are people at Walmart. Our people are people at our workplace. But let me tell you something, people are still people at church. We're faulted. Sometimes we say things that need to be said and say it in the wrong way. Sometimes we say things that we shouldn't say. All these things happen because we're human beings, right? But I'm telling you, if you allow other people to dictate what you're doing, you're not going to be doing what God wants you to do. So what do we need to do? 2 Timothy. You knew I'd get there sooner or later. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Let me read just a couple verses to you. We need to be... Think about this. I want you to think about this while I read this passage. We need to be a guiding 
light. We need to be. The preacher needs to be. The deacons need to be. The trustees need to be. The Sunday school teachers need to be. But we need to be, all of us need to be, a guiding light. What are we doing to be a guiding light? Listen to this. Listen to these couple verses. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 1. Now therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things, now watch this, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore, now get this, we skip verse 3. I've highlighted it and I've circled it. Thou therefore endure hardness. You ever think about that? Endure hardness. You know what we're trying to do all the days of our lives? Avoid hardness. Avoid difficulties. Avoid uh, uh, hard situations. Do you know, I believe it was A.W. Tozer that said that if you learned nothing through your suffering and difficulty, then the suffering and difficulty was a waste. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. We're all going to face problems. We're going to all face difficulties. Sometimes as parents, we can be guilty, can't we? Sometimes we can be guilty of sheltering our kids to the point where that they think everything goes right in life. Now, we've made a lot of errors raising our kids. We've had a lot of faults raising our kids. But one thing our kids understand is that in life there is difficulties and in life there is suffering. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, and it's a matter of how you're going to handle those sufferings, how you're going to handle those difficulties, how you're going to learn. Why do we learn? We learn not only for our own benefit, but we learn for the benefit of others. Isn't it a wonderful thing to learn when you make a mistake? Some people make mistakes, they learn nothing and they continue to make the mistakes. Isn't it great when you get it the first time? Isn't that a good thing? I remember in boot camp, we, um, we as a company had to go into the gas chamber. And they drop pellets in the gas chamber and you've got a gas mask on and they drop it, drop it in there and you had to take off your gas mask in rows. God bless you if you were in the last row and you were the last person. They didn't care. You just had to breathe it. And so you had to go out. You had to say your name, your rank, and your social security number. I don't know if you've ever been gassed before. But I'm here to tell you, it's nasty. I mean, you're coughing, you're hacking. There's stuff coming from everywhere. Matter of fact, once you get up there and you say all those things and go out, most people, they have barrels that they throw up in. So we did that. We went out. I mean, every eyes were burning. I mean, it was just, I won't even explain it. It was just disgusting. 
And so we're off there. Well, we had this guy that was the leader. He was one of us, but he was the leader. He was called the Arpok. He was the leader of our company. He gets out there and spits a couple times and looks over at our company commander and says, that wasn't that bad. He did. <laughs> Those were my unsaved days. And uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't say that again after that. But anyways, we, he marched us, our company commander marched us all back in. Dropped four pellets instead of two. And I'm telling you, that's the closest I, I can ever remember to thinking I was dying. You know what I would have wished? We would have got the lesson the first time. Because when you have to do it a second time, it really stinks. It's really bad. And then guess what? Sometimes we've got a third, and sometimes we've got a fourth, because we're not learning our lesson. But let me tell you something better than learning the lessons that you need to learn from your mistakes. It's learning the lessons from the mistakes of others. Somebody else makes a mistake. Johnny and Sarah come up and you tell them, don't touch that, that's hot. And Johnny reaches out and touches it, it's hot. Sarah goes, hmm, I ain't touching that thing. What did she just do? She learned from his mistake. Now, he learned the mistake from his own mistake. Hopefully, he'll never touch it again, right? But what a blessing. He got burnt. She didn't learn the same mistake or learn the same lesson from his mistake. Wouldn't it be great if when we go through a difficulty... When we go through a problem, when we go through a circumstance in our life, when we go through a suffering, we're there to be able to pass on what we've learned to somebody else. Let me tell you, let me show you what I've learned. Let me help you about what I've learned. And that's what he's saying here. We need to be a guiding light as we provide knowledge, as we provide the lessons God has given us that we can pass it on. Stop being busy about the wrong things and start being busy about things that matter. You know, sometimes, do you ever get this way? Maybe you don't. But every once in a while, you get to this point where something happens in your life, and you, I call it the Elijah syndrome. Nobody else is going through what I'm going through. And, oh, woe is me. And, boy, I'm going through more than I need to be. I'm the only one that loves God. And we have this pity party. By the way, it's the loneliest party you can have. We find a juniper tree, and we sit under the juniper tree, and we pout. Because we have to go through this. You're not the only one. Number one, it's silly to think you're the only one that loves God. But number two, it's silly to think that you're the only one that has to go through problems. We all go through them. We all face them. Why don't we learn the lessons that we need to so that we can be a help to somebody else when they come along with the problem? Isn't it amazing how God... Isn't that, isn't that what Romans 8, 28 is all about? God works all things together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. You know what that means? You know, sometimes God brings somebody in your life so that person can help you, so that person can guide you, because that person's been through something similar that you went through, and they just happen to show up in your life. No, no, God works all those things, all those things out. Sometimes you can't see. Right? 
Sometimes you can't see the dangers. Sometimes when, when, we, when, when we're around here, me and Forrest are around the church, we have all the lights out. We don't turn the lights on unless absolutely necessary. And so you want to kill one of us, just put something in the middle of a hallway somewhere, and because uh, I mean, we, you know, we just walk in the dark. We walk in the dark. There's a danger of walking in the dark. Why? What's the danger? The danger is you can't see the pitfalls. You can't see the dangers. You can't see the things that are in the way. What do we need? We need a light. We need a light. And isn't it a blessing when other people are willing to be a light? But can I tell you, if you're going to be a light, there's got to be some things that go on in your life. You've got to put away some things. You've got to stop being so judgmental. You've got to stop being so prideful. You've got to put away some of these things and say, listen, I'm going I'm to I'm be that guiding light. I'm going to be there for that person. I just was talking to a preacher the other day, and, 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 and they asked me, what programs would you, would you put in your church for your young people or for your married couples or what have you found works the best? Man, I thought of all sorts of programs that we had. But you know what my answer was? My answer was discipleship. That one-on-one or, or, the, or, or couples that are, that are iron sharpening iron and being there for each other. Not fault-finding, but somebody there's, that's there to guide you, that's there to help you. I think of these seeing-eye dogs that go around. What, what is their whole goal? Their whole goal is to help the person that they're guiding. They're there to help them go around things, help them to step up things, help, them, help to guard them and protect them, to be there for them. It's not that dog's job to correct him. It's not that dog's job to bite him every once in a while. It's the dog's job to guide and to help him. We, we need that guidance. Danny, Emma, I need both of you. Come here. You're too bad. Embarrassed. Come on. You don't want to be any more embarrassed than I'm already embarrassing you. So, if you... Have now we're talking. I'm not talking physically, I'm talking spiritually. And you really don't know which way to go. Has that ever happened to you in your life? I mean, I don't know if I should go right, I don't know if I should go left, I don't know if I should go straight. I mean, I'm just confused. And and we should do what? What's the very first thing we should do? Pray. Obviously, right? Because we need God involved. We need God to give us an answer. But let me tell you what God has given. He's given several things. Number one, He's given His Bible. Right? That's his word. He's given a spirit that lives inside of us that wants to guide us into that Bible, guide us into truth. And he's given us people. Do you realize that in a multitude of counselors there is safety? And God has put people in our life that have been along the road ahead of you. I probably picked the two wrong people. But anyways, they're both younger than me. But my point is, just pretend both of them are 70. And so uh, they, they've, they've been, they've, <laughs> they'll love that. They've been through the, through the fire and they've been through difficulties and situations and circumstances. And isn't it great? Come. 
Isn't it great when you have somebody, walk, you have somebody that's helping you that you can put your hand on their shoulder. And, and if they've got to turn, you know they've got to turn. They're not necessarily telling you what to do, but they're there to help you. Okay, come back here. So now, now get this. It's great to have a person, right? Isn't it great to have somebody that you can go to, that you can talk to? How much better? Both of you come stand up here. Now you have two people walk. I'm actually going to start coming to church like this. But, is it, but isn't it great to have two? Now, I could bring up more people that are standing in front of them and they're holding them and on people behind me that are holding my shoulders. Okay, thank you, girls. And that, but what is the point? The point is they are guiding. They are there to be a help. Stop being a hindrance and be a help. Be there to guide. Be there to provide. Be there to be a blessing. That's what... Paul's talking about when he's telling them we need to pass on the things that we've learned so that we can be a help to other people. We need to guide them. How do we need to guide them? Number one, we need to guide them through the Word of God. We need to guide them through the Word of God. Look at verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. You ought to know this book. Are there things in this book you don't know? That's a question. Yeah, you better answer yes. Or me and you are going to have some discussions afterwards. Because there's plenty of things I don't know. There's plenty of things I, that I'm still learning, right? But we ought to have a desire to learn what God has to say. Because if I'm going to be a help to you, if I'm going to be a blessing to you, if I'm going to be a guiding light to you, it needs to be the right light. Amen. Amen. Does that make sense? I'm here to tell you, there are people out there, man, they give terrible advice. And there are people out there that ain't no smarter that take that advice. What does, listen, what does the Bible say? Everybody has an opinion, but this is truth. And when we guide somebody, we need to guide them with the truth of the Word of God. Give an answer for the hope that lies within you. Where's that answer? That answer isn't in you and in your flesh. That answer is in the Word of God. That's why God, one of the reasons God gave you the Spirit, so that the Spirit could guide you into all truth. What is truth? John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. God's book. You know what our government needs? The word of God. You know what our schools need? The word of God. Do you know what your home needs? The word of God. That's what we need. We have gone away from the word of God. And we're afraid to stand up and say something contrary to this world even if it's biblical. Why in the world is the church not standing on its head over this whole transgender nonsense that's going on in our world today? We're afraid to say it. We're afraid to use the word. We're afraid somebody might call us a, a hate monger. But there are things in the word of God that are clear, folks. 
And if we're going to help people, we need to help them through the Word of God, not what you perceive to be the Word of God, but what thus saith the Lord. God and light. You want to be a God and light? You want to be a help? You want to be a blessing? You want to be a counsel? Then use God's Word. Turn to God's Word. You know, all Scripture, right? 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's what? It's profitable. God's Word is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be perfect, mature, complete. That's what perfect means. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Listen, you're not doing this in your own power. If you are, you're going to fail. You're not doing this in somebody else's power. If you're doing, if you are, you're, you're going to fail. What are we doing? We're doing it in God's power. With God's word, with God's truth, with God's spirit. So let's act like it. Let's be the Christians God called us to be. Not only here in the church house, but when we leave this place, amongst our family and amongst our co-workers and amongst our nation, may God's people stand up with the truth and say, Thus saith the Lord. Let's bow our heads for prayer this morning. Our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. There's never been a time in your life where by faith you receive Christ as your Savior for the forgiveness of your sins. Can I tell you this morning that God loves you? You are the reason. Listen to me. You are the reason that He came to this sin-sick world. You've heard that song before. He loves me like I was His only child. If I was the only one, God would have died for me. That's how much He loves you. And if you're not saved this morning, stop putting it off. Stop waiting. You might not have tomorrow. That's why the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. Get it right. There's nothing more important in this life and in the next than for you to know that your sins are forgiven. Say, preacher, I'm not sure about it. I'm not sure if I'd die right now, I'd go to heaven to be with God, and I'm concerned about that. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up this morning and right back down, and I'll pray for you. I'm not going to come to where you are. I wouldn't embarrass you in any way. I just want to pray for you by need. Please remember me in your prayers, preacher. I'm not sure I'm saved. You know, what a blessing. What a blessing to know that our sins are forgiven. What a blessing to know that one day we'll spend eternity with God in heaven. But we're not there yet, church. And God's got you here. Stop wasting. Stop wasting the time God has given us. And start investing your time for all eternity.